everybody. It's your homegirl, Natasha Daniels. Happy Friday to you. Listen, I hope that everybody's enjoying the weather. It seems like it's been snowing a little bit this week. Um, I don't know where y'all located, but uh, if it's been snowing, shout out to you. <laughs> no, but I'm um, praying and hoping that everything is going well with you guys. Y'all are killing the game right now. I am up to almost 2,000 uh, downloads on my podcast, and I can't say thank you enough for what you guys are doing and what you guys have done. Um, I love y'all so much. GWG Nation, as always, if you guys can, go on Instagram, go on Facebook, go on Twitter, and if you can, just go ahead and go with God Nation or GWG Nation, hashtag GWG, hashtag NLD, any of those things. Please like, share, comment. Send me some emails, gwgpodcast at yahoo.com. New website is on the horizon. Be on the lookout for that. It's a lot of stuff going on, and I'm super duper excited about it. Um, this will probably be my last episode for the season, for season two. So, uh, And then we're going to prep up and gear up for season three that will launch in May. So um, I wanted to kind of talk about this topic, and I think that this will be the last topic uh, that I talk about, an extremely important topic. And I believe that the Lord has guided me through every single thing that I've talked about this season uh, and of course last season too but I think this season for me hit very very different um because I couldn't run from my next place so if I'm gonna do this I couldn't run from talking about what I've been talking about and how I've been talking about it you know there are some topics of course that are you know informational or that you know some of y'all just like being in the tea and that's completely fine. Um, but this one, I think, was extremely necessary. It is extremely necessary. And I'm very, very thankful and grateful that I have the opportunity to share my experiences with you guys, the good, the bad and the ugly, um, in order for us to kind of walk through this journey together. All right. So let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I bless you. And I thank you so much, as always, for another opportunity. But more than anything, I thank you for the love that you allow me to experience and give and also the influence, Father. I pray that I would be wise in how I steward the influence that you've given me. I pray that as people listen today, Father, that they hear you and that they hear your voice because I not only love you, but you are the one, you are the conduit through me, God, that comes up with these topics, items to talk about what I've been through and talk about how you've pulled me out, how you are still pulling me out. And for that, Father, I'm forever grateful for who you are and what you are in my life. So I say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, for today, we're going to go to Psalm 51, six, uh, Psalm 51, 10 through 12, and then 16 through 17. And we're also going to Proverbs 17, 22. Once again, Psalm 51, 16, because I know some of you guys actually write this stuff down. And then some of you guys are just kind of chilling in the car or chilling at your jobs and you're listening. And I just want to tell you, you know, thank you. Uh, genuinely just want to tell you thank you. So, um, Today's topic is what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And as long as I can remember, you know, last week I talked about Dear Olive and that was about Gethsemane. That was about the decision, the humbling decision that I have to make, that I've made, officially made to chase after God. Um, but there is going to be healing along with that. And oftentimes I don't think we take an opportunity to heal from life. And so life has a way of not just beating us down, but life be life in, you know what I mean? And um, through my experiences, wow, I've been through so many things um, in my childhood and in my youth. But over the last 15 years since linking up with my purpose partner, my husband, Jasper, life has taken me out. 
I'm not talking about it took me out. We went to the park and we got some ice cream. Life has taken me out to the point where I've done things that I never thought I would do. I've said things that I never thought I would say. I've experienced and felt things that I have never thought I would experience. And eventually, as I'm culminating to this season and to this moment, to this Gethsemane Day moment, I realized that my soul broke. I was broken. And I wasn't broken in the right way. I was broken by life. I was broken by my marriage, broken by relationships, broken by wrong decisions, bad decisions, broken by family. I mean broken. You know, in Gethsemane, it's like your will dying. But there, there's a point in your life where you're like, dang, yo, like y'all broke me. My church, my family. It broke me. I broke. I, I broke. Right. And I was too prideful to admit that I was broken. Right. Because people still needed me to minister. They still needed me to sing. They still needed my church still needed me to do praise and worship. My husband still needed me to provide. My husband still needed me to take care of him. My, my friends still needed me to be their confidant and needed me to be their ear. My family, they still needed me to be the provider and to take care of everything. My, my job you know, still needed me to, to be on top of my game all while my world was crumbling. It, it just crumbled. My world has crumbled. There is no secret. My world crumbled and I did things and I've done things and still trying to get out of things that I never thought I would be involved in and situations and moments and financial hardship, relational uh, decision, all types of things where it's just like, where did I go wrong? You know, because this isn't me, right? This, this isn't Natasha. This is the product of me not dealing with life. Thinking that, well, as long as I push through and drudge through with God, then I'm great. But the truth of the matter is, I'm not okay, right? I'm not okay. My life crushed me. Every dream, every anticipation, every desire that I had, y'all, it's gone. I have no idea what I want anymore. I am trying to pick up the pieces of the last 15 years of my life. And I have no clue where to start. The Lord closed every door that I could possibly walk through. Every handout, every partnership every relationship God has closed every single door and I mean every single door and I am sitting here and I am trying to figure out what just happened how did I lose everything thinking that I was building everything for you God how did I lose everything by being a good person how did I lose everything by doing the right thing how in God's name did I just lose everything that I thought I was building for 15 years this thing broke my heart. It broke my soul. It broke my spirit. This 15 years broke my spirit. And I'm saying it this way because I need you to hear me that there are things in life that have broken our spirit to our core. It didn't just break you financially. It didn't just break you emotionally. It broke your soul and you don't even realize that you haven't recovered. I have not realized that I have not recovered from anything that has happened to me in my entire life. I have been told to keep moving forward. And I'm not saying that it, that, that mindset didn't come with a level of um, um, work ethic. 
because anybody who knows me knows I have an amazing work ethic. Like I, I really can drudge through anything and everything, but not to the point where I don't even like hugs. I don't even like for somebody to touch me. I don't even want to be around somebody who has negative energy because I'm afraid that I'm going to have negative energy, even if I genuinely am allowed to be justified in creating a standard or being disappointed or being upset. I don't even know how to be disappointed and how to be upset without it being anger, right? And I finally got to the point, I I had a, a moment And I realized that I have not dealt with anything in my life. I didn't need to because the fruit of it was I was still able to function. But I wasn't happy. I gained 100 pounds in 15 years. For some of you guys, with no kids, by the way, because y'all know my podcast, Kids No Kids. With no kids. I have absolutely no idea what I like, who I am, other than pizza. I don't know if that'll ever change, but um, I used to get in trouble in school for laughing really, really loud. And I still laugh, but it's not the same gut buster laugh. You know, I'm I'm looking for joy in my life. And and there's a scripture in Proverbs 17, 22, which is what we're going to be talking about. And it says that a merry heart does good like medicine. Pretty much it's saying that laughter is a medicine or, or, or creating good things is a medicine. And for those of you guys who are watching, who are not believers and who are not Christians or who are listening and not that, you know, medically they say that those, those, those endorphins, uh, when you have a good moment, it chemically remembers that moment and it triggers so that every time you experience that moment, it chemically also triggers um, dopamine, you know, that high sensation that you have to keep going after. You have to keep craving, that thing. So if you if you like donuts like I do and you eat donuts, you know, that dopamine will fire off in your brain to create that memory. And so the Bible and proverb, you know, Solomon is telling us that a merry heart does good like a le- like a medicine or you guys probably remember it that laughter is like medicine. What it's saying is that cheerfulness, it's good for the body. It's not just good for your personality, but it's good for your body. But what happens in the next in part B, when it when it tells you that a broken spirit dries the bones and you realize that your spirit is broken, your soul is broken. Right. And, and I'm going to interchange the two, but I am going to bring a distinction to what the spirit is and to what the soul is, because for a lot of us, because your soul is broken. Your spirit cannot connect with God. Right. So a broken spirit dries up the bones, meaning that the spirit man or the spirit that God has given us is the direct link to him. He doesn't need a soul and he doesn't need a body. It's just spirit. They that worship him is worship him in spirit and in truth. Right. But then it also talks about in first Thessalonians about how God brings together the mind. the I mean, excuse me, the body, the soul and the spirit, because God is making, you know, Uh, the distinction to us here on earth that you are one being the way that he is one being but his one beingness if that's a word is spirit right but what happens when your soul is so crushed that you cannot connect with God you may do ritualistic things but you cannot 
you just can't connect with him. It hurts too much to connect with him because you may have to admit that he allowed it. You may even have to admit that he orchestrated it. You may even have to admit that he knows more than I know. And how dare he put you in that situation? You understand that the Bible tells you to resist the enemy and he will flee to, to stand and put on the full armor of God. You got all of that down to a science, but this one took the wind out of you, right? This, this, this circumstance, this death, this, this, this divorce, this cheating, this, this bankruptcy, this lost child, this death, it, it knocked the wind out of you when you weren't expecting it. And God is asking you to come to him. But the truth of the matter is, I don't want to come to you because you took everything away from me. You broke me. And and the church has somehow said, and we're going to talk about that scripture too, that um, um, God delights in, in, in a broken spirit. The acceptable form to God is a broken spirit. Can I tell you something? God has no desire to see you broken by the situation. Hear me and hear me clearly. Oftentimes, though, that is the only time that we come to God, right? Because the truth of the matter is no matter what God does in his sovereignty, the Bible tells us that the testing of our faith produces X, Y, and Z, and that's in James. In other words, I'm going to be tested, Job was tested, Eve was tested, David was tested, Abraham was tested, everybody was tested, and nine times out of ten, they did not pass the first go-round. Whether it's sex, whether it's family, whether it's, it's lies, whether it's you, you, you going outside the will of God to create things for yourself because you're empty or because you're trying to speed up his time limit, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is that you us, me, we, we break at a point. And yes, Job did not sin, quote unquote, against God. And I use that uh, loosely, but understand what I'm saying. But he questioned God in his heart because God's response tells us how he questioned him. God would have never came down in the tone that he did if in his heart, Job wasn't starting to get a little PO'd at the fact that you're allowing all of this stuff to happen to me. So while I didn't cuss you, cuss you I am going to question you because I got a problem with the way that you're handling my life right now. The things that I do for you, the sacrifices I make, the way I raise my children, the way I do everything under the sun, I got a little bit of an issue with you. And if we were to be 100% honest all of us have a little issue with God because he did something or allowed something to come into our space to test us to try us to prove us to reprove us to do all of those things and I didn't like it I have found myself in so many situations and I don't mean so many like a thousand but in things that I never thought I would do all because I was frustrated and upset and disappointed at the expectation I had in God and the level that he left me at. So I hear this scripture in Proverbs where it talks about a merry heart does good like a medicine but we forget the other part that when I'm not happy and when my spirit is broken it dries up my bone. And in other words, it dries up my structure. It affects my health. Let me hear, let me say something to you people who are who are, are sick, right? And I can talk from this place, okay? Because I deal with it very uh, uh, closely. Hear me. 
I deal with it very closely through my husband. Not every sickness is because of your gene pool. There are some things that have broken you to the point that there is no more joy. It chemically is producing toxins for all of you science people out there. But spiritually, if I were to ask you what happened or what are you not dealing with, you will tell me that this broke your soul. Whether it was at the age of five, whether it was at the age of 10, whether it was at the age of 15, whether it was at the age of 30, 70, or 100. Beyonce even wrote a song, You Can't Break My Soul. You Won't Break My Soul. And it's talking about, you know, in her lyrics, I'm sure it has different meanings, but just the lyrics without the background, I don't need to listen to the, to the tune. I want to hear the lyrics. And when I was looking up the lyrics to her song, she's talking about how I give everything. I do everything. I work a nine to five. I'm a good person. I, I'm, 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 I'm determined to, to be the best, ver best version of myself, but it's never enough for you. So I'm going to build my own stuff, right? Because isn't that what we do? We build our own stuff because what I thought was the right foundation, when it failed, when the rug got pulled from out underneath me, it broke my soul. It broke my soul. But I want to encourage you that you're not going to leave here with a broken soul today. Because if I can't leave here with a broken soul, you can't leave here with a broken soul either. So when you go to Psalm, because this is where people get this, this saying from. When you go to Psalm and you go to 51 verse 10 through 12, David is in a posture because he sinned against God with Bathsheba. And the context of the story is extremely important so that you don't pull what God is saying out of context in a broken spirit. Okay. He is repenting for the fact that I sinned against you. I enjoyed my sin, but I sinned against you. I did something to you that you were not pleased with. This is David talking to God. And so in verse 10, it says, create in me, and this is what we, you know, quote, create in me a clean heart. Oh God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit. Notice the language from me. Restore to me the what joy of my freedom or the joy of salvation, the joy of my ability to be able to be in covenant with you. Salvation. Because remember, salvation hadn't come yet. So how is David able to talk about things that were not yet present? Stay with me and uphold me, meaning lift me up with a willing spirit. Verse 16, for thou has no delight in sacrifice. In other words, David's saying, if you skip down, David's saying, look, the truth of the matter is, it, this is what's crazy. When you actually read Psalm, David is getting revelation about what's going to happen. That's why his praise and his prayer life to us is so amazing because he's Old Testament talking New Testament. And so he says, he says, um, there's no delight in sacrifices. In other words, I know you're going to get sick, sick of all these burnt offerings, all these burnt calves and cows. You're going to get sick of all this. You're not going to be pleased with my burnt offering because I'm going to do it again and again and again and again. But there is a sacrifice that seems to be acceptable to you, O oh God, that I want to make sure I always have. And that's a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Old oh God, thou will not despise. But Tasha, I thought you just said in the other scripture that um, a broken spirit dries up bones. Understand when you study the language. 
The language isn't telling us that God desires you to be broken before him. That's not what it's saying. What God is saying in this text is he desires for you to be crushed to a point or into a place that all you want is him. Jesus. I'm not asking for life to tear you up and to tear you apart. That's not what I mean by that. God's not saying that I want you to hurt. I want you to suffer, right? But that's what the enemy tells us because God allowed it. So now my soul is hurt and I can't connect with the father to get interpretation about how I got hurt. So I'll give you an example. My marriage hurt me. This is real. My marriage hurt me because God didn't, I didn't want to get married. God saw fit that I should get married because Jasper was my best purpose partner. We went through a lot of things rocky in the beginning. I had a lot of insecurities, a lot of things going on. And we spent our time building the church. For Jasper, there were things that happened to him, and I'll let him testify on his 50 Shades of J. But one of the things that started was his father passed away. His best friend passed away. And I raised his brother and his sister. I helped to raise his brother and his sister and to be a wife to him, even though I wasn't yet his wife. And to build a church that wasn't quite yet a church. I put all of how I felt and everything that I was going through to the side in order to be everything that he needed. And so I did what I thought was appropriate, the right thing to do. We got married in 2023 and a year later, my husband got sick. Right. So 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 he's recovering from his life. Right. I'm, I'm trying to be the, the best support that I can be. His father passes away, his best friend. A few years later, two to be exact, while he's still mourning, we get married. I'd already lost a piece of my husband when his father died. Right? I already knew that things were different. They were going to be different. But I wanted to stay the course because that's what you do. Even though I wasn't a wife yet, I was ready for this. I was readying myself for this. Right? And so... We get married a couple years later. He, he submerges, Jasper submerges himself in the building powerhouse into, into f not letting this bruise to his soul disconnect him from God. So, so we build powerhouse, right? We, we don't talk about it. We don't deal with how detrimental his father's death was to him, how lonely he felt, how it changed him. We, we don't talk about that, right? We just move on. And we get married and we're, we're working through it. And, and hear me, hear me clearly. My husband is not a bad person. God just saw fit to make a decision that would be extremely detrimental feeling and, and seeming to us that you're trying to recover from. Right. So we get married. We're there for a year and a half. Boom, my husband gets sick. And I'm not talking about he just gets sick. I'm talking about you guys have heard me talk about it before, but my husband loses all mobility. I knew something was wrong with my husband because there was a smell that was secreting from him that smelt like infection. Something in him was dying. It, it's He was losing weight so drastically that one of the places we were at, one of the churches we were at, they thought he had... Um, I, and I've told you guys this, I think, in season one or season two. They thought that he had um, um, bariatric surgery because of how quickly he was losing weight. Jasper had lost about 30 to 35 pounds in two weeks. 
So I, I, I didn't know what was going on. He couldn't move his hands. He couldn't move his body. He couldn't get up. His bodily functions were going all out of whack. I didn't know what was going on with him. After all the testing and the biopsies and, and, and you know, him being afraid that it might be multiple sclerosis, you, you don't know what it's like when God is allowing life to happen to you, testing to happen to you. And only God knows the way to get you submitted. Hear me when I say that as well. Because I hear somebody saying that's trying. No, no, no. God is the only one who knows how to get you submitted. It's not to make you suffer, though. And that is the part that the human mind has got to understand. God is not doing this to make you suffer. God is doing certain things or allowing certain things to pull the best out of you, just like a teacher and just like a coach. Where do you think they get those principles from? I know what it takes to make you move. Not everybody knows what it takes to make you move. But the creator who knows all knows what it takes to make you move while still orchestrating the world. In other words, I understand that this may hurt you, but I didn't make the decision just based on you. I made the decision because maybe your dad was tired or I made the decision because I need to eradicate autoimmune disease in your bloodline. I made the decision because I didn't want your child to go through this. So I took them early in life. I didn't want you to spend your whole life not being in or being in a relationship and a marriage that wasn't for you there. It's not just about you and how you feel and how you got hurt. It's also about what God is trying to do, what he's trying to change, what he's trying to cultivate, the God who sees and knows all. But it takes maturity to understand that God is not breaking you for you. He has no desire to make you suffer. Long story short, we found out in July of 2015 that my husband was diagnosed with dermatomyositis. It's a myositis that constricts the bone, that constricts the joint, constricts the muscle. It's an autoimmune condition where his cells attack, attack him. They attack the joints. They attack the muscles. Similar to multiple sclerosis, but it's not exactly the same. And the restriction or, or, or the, 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 the inflammation, the myositis is an inflammation, causes pain, causes the joints to be inflamed, and you can't move. You can't do anything. The dermal part is the fact that, you know, sometimes you guys might see my husband, and he's a little fuzzy. He's a little flaky. That's from his condition. It shows up on the skin as the muscles are pressing up against the skin. So weather, Jersey weather, bad weather is no bueno for him. It's no good for him. Anybody who's got an autoimmune, who's got rheumatoid arthritis, has surgeries, whatever the case may be, y'all know how it is when that cold smack you one good time. So imagine your whole body, you can't, you get neuropathy. You can't feel anything. And then on top of that, it's scarring your lungs now. The very thing that you want to do, you want to preach, it's scarring your lungs. Imagine me having to take care of all of this. I'm not telling you this for, for you to feel sorry for me. I'm telling you because I need you to understand that it broke me. It broke me because I thought that we were going to ride into the sunset and build. I thought that we were going to be in a totally different place. And in 2023, I have no idea where I'm going and what I'm doing. All I know is that everything that I endured and the marriage is just one part. His sickness, his, di his dad's death is one part. And we'll talk about the other, you know, seven to eight to 10 years. We can talk about that in another podcast. But the point is, is I got broke a long time ago, right? I was already broken from my childhood. I was already broken by not having a father. I now have a relationship with my father, but I'm still learning. I'm like, what do I say to him? How do I act as a daughter? It's not normal for me. 
How do I love him? Like, like, what does he like? What am I supposed to be doing? I don't know how to be a daughter, but God is teaching me. That's why when I wrote Abba, it was so liberating for me. Because God had became my father in a season of my life where I had no direction. And there are moments in my life even now where I have no direction. I went to a service and a guy had prophesied to us and he said, what is this that I see? This orphan spirit that I see on you. That there's nowhere for you to go. No safe space for you to lay your head. And I'm being super duper transparent because I need you guys to understand that when God is allowing your soul to be broken, it is not to hurt you. Tasha, how can you keep saying that when God took everything from you? Because the truth of the matter is the other side of me is because of who I am and what I am. I would get to a place in my life where I really don't need God. I don't need him. I like him and I am ritualistically obligated to him. I do love God. But there are aspects of my life where I need to be led by him. And I cannot be led by him if I know everything. And so in this season of my life, I have finally gotten to a place where I'm able to read the scripture and I'm asking God to please give me something that's a sacrifice that's acceptable to you. And the Lord showed me that the acceptable sacrifice is a broken spirit. And so when you study on what the broken spirit is or a broken spirit is, it's very, very simple. A broken spirit is a spirit that is crushed, that is literally a brooding spirit that is looking for, uh, not a brooding spirit, that's, that's not the word I want to use. It is a spirit that has been crushed to a point that it only wants to submit itself to God. I understand this is very deep for a lot of you. But that is what happened with David and Bathsheba. Bathsheba changed David's life. He was always with God. He was always doing godly things. He loved God. But Bathsheba changed his life. How do I know she changed his life? Because it changed his language. What he did with Bathsheba made him feel like he was not going to be able to be connected with God anymore. And when I read this text, he slept with Bathsheba. But what have I done? What have you done? Because I'm not perfect. There are a lot of things that I've done. And I'm just like, God, I don't know how you still want me. But it wasn't until this week that I realized that not only is my soul crushed, but I really have to get to the point. I am at the point where I'm like, God, how do I please you? If I only want to please you. My life is in shambles, y'all. But I only, I have this burning desire that I only want to please God. Take whatever you want from me. Because those are the scriptures. Those, those are the things that we get excited about, right? Oh, Eba, God, you could have whatever you want, but you don't mean it yet. Because when he took it, you pissed off. When he allowed it to happen, you pissed off and now you don't go to church. Now you don't want to talk to him. Now you mad at every every single person because God did, God allowed something in your life. Can I tell you? My life is in shambles. And I am fine. My life has been shambling. It's been lifing. <laughs> 
I've had I've had a, I've had joyous moments and joyous things to to help keep me. But y'all, my bones have officially dried up. My spirit is crushed and I needed a remedy. And the Lord told me that your spirit is finally at the broken place that it not you. Right. Because your flesh don't want to do right. But your spirit is finally at the place where it trusts me again. Listen to me. Your David is saying that my spirit, what I did with Bathsheba and the way that I offended you, I never want to offend you that way again. I sinned against you. I don't know what it exactly was because he went on and he kept sleeping with people. Right. So but it was something about Bathsheba that changed him and it changed him for the good that his heart will forever, not just his heart, but his spirit. In order to keep my connection with you, God, I have to break my will to now submit this spirit to you. So let me give you the visual. The visual is a crushed spirit that is broken now into pieces that only God can fix, not your situation, right? Because we tell people that your situation is broken. Bring your situation, hear me, your situation to God. And God is saying, no, I don't want your situation. I want you. And for whatever the reason, the resistance that is present, I have to crush you in order to get your spirit to reconnect with me. God's not asking you to suffer. That is the choice that we as believers make because I won't submit to God. Hear me clearly. It is the lack of submission that causes your spirit to break. But now hear the other part. And this is where it comes into the soul. He says a broke, the sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a.k.a. a submitted spirit. My spirit back being submitted to you and a broken and contrite heart. Here is your soul. Something hurt your heart slash soul to the point that it disconnected you spiritually. Are you hearing me? So you're trying to fix your spirit without fixing your soul. And you cannot fix your soul until or you cannot have that connection again until you realize that your soul is bruised. When you realize when I realize that I am in pain. See, Gethsemane taught me last week that I am in pain. I am not okay. That this soul of mine, this heart, this imagination, these memories, these broken dreams I am hurt. I am not okay. But guess what? It is at that memory, it is at that realization that I am now able to bring myself to God and ask him to connect me properly in my spirit. So that as I'm being connected properly in my spirit, here's the caveat. True repentance, a.k.a. a broken and contrite. Contrite means repentance. It does not mean broken twice. <laughs> it means that the pain of your soul, your memories, your desires, the imagination of you, everything, the, the being, the soul is you. 
The spirit is the connection or the or is what goes back to God. But the soul is the real you, not your flesh. Your flesh is the conduit. But the soul of you, your emotions, your will, your intellect, what has happened to you is the real you. And you cannot fake it anymore. I am talking to someone who keeps thinking like me that you can fake who you are and what you are and think that you can still be connected to God. I came to tell you, you cannot. Eventually one day, one will give because the only acceptable sacrifice is a spirit that's submitted to God. Saul, a spirit that's, I mean, Apostle Paul had to have his spirit broken in order for it to be acceptable to God. David, Abraham, Moses, Noah, they had to have it broken in order to be acceptable to God. It wasn't the situation necessarily that broke them, but the situation is seemingly the only way God can get your attention. But it doesn't change the fact that those situations with an S have broken your, your soul. And it is at the moment that you realize I am not okay. People who go to rehab and people who have addictions, it's not the incidences. <laughs> the incidences make them continue to be an addict. There were things that happened in my life that the pain of my life made me medicate. It made me make bad decisions. Decisions that I would never make in a healed state or at a sober mind. So, it's not until an addict, it's not until a sinner realizes I'm broken, I'm in pain. <laughs> Jesus, my soul is in pain. It's not until you realize that you're in pain that you won't repent. I mean that you will repent. So now when we put it all together, Proverbs 17 is saying what? A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. It was a proverb to give you a forewarning that if your soul is not prospering, if you're, uh, I pray that you would be in good health even as your soul prospers. It is your soul that dictates how good you got it in the spirit and how good you have it in the natural. I came to declare to you that you need to have your soul broken. I mean, you need to have your, your soul healed. Because what doesn't kill you, it hasn't killed you yet. It is going to make you stronger. So now when I read it, created me a clean heart and renew within me a right spirit. Cast me not away from your presence. I finally have submitted to a place, God. I don't want nothing else. I just need to be right before you. There is no, uh, there are no more apologies. I don't want to apologize to you no more. It doesn't mean that I will be absent from sin for the rest of my life. It just simply means that you are my priority. And I came to ask somebody as I'm doing this podcast, is God yet your priority? Because at the moment that God becomes your priority, that is where your spirit is broken. You see the difference in the language? You see the difference in the tone? When God is my everything is where my spirit is broken. Because now my, my soul is, is clear. It's clean. 
It's ready to accept life in whatever state I find myself in there. I will be content for I can do all things through Christ. You see the you see the pattern now you're whipping me. You're beating me. You're talking about me. But my soul, my soul is healthy enough to receive the lashes. And because it's healthy enough to receive the lashes, when I go to the other side, the spirit room, God is feeding me in my spirit to keep my soul happy, to keep my soul in unity to keep my soul healthy, to keep my soul in good spirit, to keep my mind stayed on him, to keep my heart pure. You see how this is now? And if you could see me, I'm making like this circle because it's your soul that's dictating how you entertain. It's your soul that's dictating what you entertain. It's your soul that is dictating how you see God, how you perceive what he's doing. And as you allow the spirit of God to be your priority, that's where the spirit of God can feed you joy it can feed you love it can feed you all those supernatural things the peace of God the righteousness of God it can feed you the spirit of God can now feed your soul that has to constantly be in conflict between the natural realm and the spiritual realm and then when the natural things happen you don't worry about those things because they don't matter to you they're not bothering you because you're being fed by the spirit of God your spirit is being fed by the spirit and the real you which is your soul is beginning to manifest things in the natural aka the flesh that people are trying to figure out how do you now have peace that passes all understanding it's because my soul is in right standing with the Lord my soul is healed from everything that has happened to me my soul is delivered to God my spirit is in right standing with him my hands are clean. I find communion with God. I find time to spend with God. He is my everything. He is my El Shaddai. He is my Shalom. God is my everything. And because of that, you won't break my soul. Life will not. I decree and I declare that life will not break your soul. You being in the background all the time, afraid or feeling like it's your fault. We break that in the name of Jesus. Those that feel like I'm not good enough and that's why he don't want me or she don't want me. The devil is a liar. You heal in your soul so that God can feed you. Sis, I've been trying. I've been trying. But I know you've been trying in the natural to get everything worked out in hopes that it would bring comfort to your spirit. But that ain't how it work you heal your soul you realize that I need my soul fixed because the only sacrifice God is accepting is the one that says those that worship the father worship him in spirit it's not even your soul but your soul is the one that's dictating left and right what's appropriate and what should and what shouldn't be done so I decree and I declare today on this podcast That what doesn't kill you, since it hasn't killed you, is bound to make you stronger. It doesn't matter what the world tells you. You are not just healed and whole from the ailment on the flesh. But if I could decree and declare anything into your life, heal from your mom issues. Heal from the fact that your dad wasn't there. Heal from the individual, the pervert that molested you and that raped you. Heal from from your son and from your daughter walking away from you or feeling like you're not a good enough parent because you made a mistake. From your job that let you go. From the individual that said you would never amount to nothing. Heal in your soul. From your child that passed away. 
from your husband that died prematurely, your wife that left here in a tragic way, your children, to the one that's still on drugs and, and you've been praying and God ain't been answering you, from your disappointments. I'm asking that right now in the name of Jesus that God would begin to heal your soul, that you will admit that I am not okay. The divorce and the physical abuse, the mental abuse, that you will admit that the, the things that you've done, the time that you've served, whether in prison or out of prison, the, the life that you lived, the people you hurt, the guilt that won't leave you. I pray now in the name of Jesus that you will allow God to heal your soul. Says, how do I allow God to heal my soul? You just admit that you're not okay. Let a couple cries out. Start being aware of what you do and why you do what you do. Don't be ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of what I've done and why I've done what I've done. I've learned from it. I'm learning from it. I'm learning who I am. And not everything that you've done is bad. Just some things got perverted or messed up or twisted along the way. But hear me when I tell you, at the moment that you will allow your soul to heal is the moment that you'll be a better you. And for those of us in the body of believers, the moment that you let your soul you admit it. God gives us a benefit. And the benefit that God gives us when we finally are ready to repent, to get this soul of our heels, to get this mind healed, to get this heart, this pain healed. God says, now I can do something with you. Now I can work with you. Now I can drive out all of those impurities. I will do a new thing with it in you. I will, because of your repentive nature, give you all of those things. That's what happened with Job. That's what happened with David. It's your repentive nature that gives you the gifts of the kingdom. It's your repentive nature that gives you nations. It's your repentive nature that makes you favored by God. It's your repentive nature. It's the repentance. And so I pray that as you're listening today, that that would be your portion. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this heavy word that has lifted my soul in so many ways it's okay that you're not okay it's okay that i'm not always okay i thank you for my healing process i thank you for allowing me to heal i thank you for desiring my healing and putting things in motion that i can't run from anymore i can't run from this i need to deal with this because you got stuff for me to do my desires and your desires are going to collide they're colliding and only you know how to orchestrate it so that our desires match. So that I think what you think, I say what you say, and I desire what you desire, just like Adam did in the garden. Bring me back to a right standing with you that you would be pleased with me, Father. I love you so much. You really are my everything. And I will spend the rest of my life losing my life just so I can gain life with you. You gave me everything. So I'm going to give you everything that I got. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I love you guys. Please, please, please make sure that you like and share this today. Please. All right. And everything that you do, just always remember, we can read scripture. We can look at scripture. We can do everything to make us sound good. But let Holy Spirit interpret for you what he's saying and why he said it. Because in all things, we always have to remember to go with God. Amen. Love you guys. Peace. Peace.